three. <laughs> Four. Seven. Thirty-four. Legs eleven. Okay. Three, Sitting ducks, twenty-two. Two, one. So Candice, how are you doing? We're not long back from Melbourne and what a weekend that was. We laughed, we cried, we slept, Nearly died. We nearly died. Would you like to get us going with the near-death experience that we well, had? Well, I, to answer your question, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Great. Thank you. Mm. I'm well caffeinated. She uh, always is. I always am. I've had, this is my second monster now. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. I've had Hashtag pre-workout. not sponsored. Hashtag but wish to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had two monsters, a pre-workout and a coffee. Goodness. So just about my average yeah, day. Yeah, flying high. Yeah. Um, we almost died. Let's find out where the corner was that we were, just in case. Just in case you just in case recognize the it. van driver is listening and you think, hey, maybe I was there yeah. taking that corner at 60 kilometers an hour against a red light. Anyway, please tell the story, Candice. While sure, I look this up. sure. So we were walking in the city of, of Melbourne, well uh, adjacent to Albert Park, at a location that Jamie will confirm for us in a moment. And Melbourne's really big. There are a lot of streets, and I need a landmark. Albert Park. Yeah, that's also quite big. <laughs> <laughs> and. If it helps, look up from Chicha Savicharia oh, to right. Tokyo Tina and then follow that path. Um, Just another quick story in there yeah. as well. On the Thursday, I attended the race. Well, not the race. It wasn't. There was the F1 was not racing at that time. I mm. attended the circuit on the Thursday. You did. With your partner. Mm. And um, as we were leaving through one of the gates uh, up the top end of the circuit, we were approached by two people giving out business cards. And we thought, ah, am I about to join a cult? And they handed us little things for free beer. And we were expecting, like, you know, you get a thing for free beer and you're like, oh, this is going to be in the back of someone's van mm. and they're going to, like, kick you in the teeth and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. It was a delightful establishment. I, I concur. And I'm, I really enjoyed my free beer and yeah. I enjoyed the drink that I also paid for. So well done on their marketing front. <laughs> well done to Chicha Ceviceria. Oh, we're going to do well, the shout out and well everything. Well done you. Yes. So we were walking from Chicha Ceviceria to Tokyo Tina, yes. which is a long walk. And... We were at a pedestrian crossing. There was a green light for pedestrians. So as pedestrians, we started walking and a white van that may or may not have candy in the back of it um, was... Candy, the food, not candy, the the person who is currently speaking. Not myself, no. I was not in the back of this van. And they drove approximately 60 k's an hour through the pedestrian green light, meaning they had a red light, or they at least should have taken caution and given way to the pedestrians. Mm -hmm. Um, And it felt like they brushed my nose was how close we got. And Jamie had a very maternal instinct. I did. And I'm the least maternal person in the entire world, I would say. you tried to save Sam. No, well, I think I was reaching for you, but Sam was just in the middle. In the way. (laughs) Yeah, I had no such instinct. I was just like, shit. Yeah, (laughs) no, I I put my hand, I did the... You know, in the car when you come to a sudden stop and you put mm. your hand across the passenger to protect them. Um, mm. I did that. I'm not sure that it saved your life. I don't think it 
did, but Maybe. regardless, we did live, so that's good. We did live. We had a near-death experience at the Melbourne Grand Prix. No and Formula One cars were I involved. Say the intersection was. I think that it was. Here we go. All right. I think that it was Fitzroy Street mm-hmm. and Albert Street. That sounds and right. And I think they were turning off Fitzroy Street onto Albert Street. Yep, that's definitely the one. And I don't know the speed limit through there, but I do know that you're not supposed to go through red lights. If but, I may bounce off that, yeah. I know, and I've recently gone through my driving lessons, mm. you're not meant to hit pedestrians. No. no. They're not targets. No. no. It's not like a 50 points yeah. for the man in the white van. Regardless of what you might think, mm. you're not meant to hit them. You're also not driving in the Grand Prix, mate. There's no reason There's to no take the rush. corners at that speed. No. Yeah. There's no championship points it's not like they have scouts littered around the city they're like hey (laughs) that guy in the toyota hybrid could be a good goer as a reserve driver for mclaren he drives like he has nothing to live for (laughs) anyway so that was our experience yeah how are you going i'm great i'm a bit sick and i will clarify it's not covid because i have tested myself i I too have done several rats Mm, mm. all of which have been negative wouldn't it be interesting to look back in future years? Because I imagine the terminology rats may not stick around. Although maybe they will after this pandemic. Who's to say? It's going to be tr- like, it's going to be our generation that yeah. remembers it. Yeah, but I just feel like the term doing a rat, if you took yeah. that out of context, super weird. Yeah. Uh, yes. Anyway, so I've come home a little sick. But that is okay, because it was well worth it. And here we are, and I'm just still trying to get through my sadness after the race. Shall we talk about qualifying? Shall we? We Should we? <laughs> this is a question. <laughs> I think yes. Would you like to start by running through your predictions for qualifying, Cairns? So my predictions for qualifying were Leclerc mm-hmm. in first, Norris in second, Sainz in third, Ricardo in fourth, Perez in fifth, and my wild card was Bottas out-qualifies Hamilton. I will flag, that was a begrudging wild card. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and thankfully it didn't. It didn't. It it didn't. Did not. Um, so I think we all got first place correct we all guessed Leclerc except think, for Beth yeah Beth Beth is a big science fan and who can blame her what a delightful young man he is what a but delightful he had a very crap run on the weekend not as bad as Vettel to the race <laughs> yes. yeah Vettel also had a very bad run although that scooter thing was maybe the greatest thing I've ever seen in I did thoroughly enjoy that yeah so the results in the end for qualifying were Leclerc, Verstappen, Perez, Norris, Norris and Ricardo. Oh, Norris Hamilton. Yeah. I beg your pardon. Come on now. Sorry, I really thought Ricardo was up there. I think he, he, was he was looking he was looking like it. Okay. Oh no, he was seventh, I think. I had most of the people in there, just not in the correct order. Hmm. Um I certainly had uh Ricardo in the wrong place. Yep. What about your predictions versus your outcomes? I had Leclerc signs Verstappen, Perez, Ricardo because I thought, you know, I'll back my boy uh, since it's a home race and mm-hmm. we wanted to see him do well. And my wild card was a Latifi crash. And? And that certainly happened. <laughs> and I'm very glad he's okay. And it wasn't his fault. It was very much Lance Stroll's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was just interesting the way he came out of... 
the pits and Stroll, Stroll just simply drove into him. Yeah. Let him past and then Have you drove seen into that compilation on Reddit? Showing that Stroll simply does not check his mirrors. I have not, but that does not surprise me. He, in he any simply way. does not. Mm. And there was, for comparison, mm. saw an onboard of Alonso. Oh my goodness, he furiously, checks his mirrors all the time. Furiously checking. He's a diligent man, is Fernando. I would feel comfortable if he were driving me, regardless. Very safe driver. Yes. Stroll, not so much. Mm. And I wonder if this is ever gonna result in them taking away his license because uh, it, it is unsafe yeah i don't know remains to be seen i suppose he's got a lot of penalty points he's currently sitting on eight yeah and he got three in this race alone you get um 12 over a 12 month period yeah and if you exceed that you can get a race ban so yeah. we will see whether he hits that point because he very well might but the rest of them my leclerc signs verstappen perez ricardo Leclerc was in the right spot. Mm -hmm. Verstappen, I predicted him in third. He was in second. I predicted Perez in fourth. He was in third. Didn't predict Norris or Hamilton. So there you go. They came out of, I won't say out of nowhere because they're well-established drivers in good teams, but I just didn't know that they would have the pace for this weekend. And And they did. did. Yeah, exactly. Happy days. Interesting qualifying for Vettel. Yeah. Bit rough. Very rough. Just one lap in and then yeah. didn't qualify. So impressive, though, from the Aston Martin mechanics. Well done, To them. get that car back on the circuit is just a mammoth effort. Mm-hmm. And considering that they had to deal with not only Vettel's car. But Stroll's. But Stroll's as well. So you did a great job, team. And I'm sorry that this weekend did not go your way. But please know that everyone was rooting for you and Vettel. And that's it. <laughs> that is where that sentence yep, ends. Just them and Vettel. Yeah. Any other things you'd like to add about qualifying? I was impressed by Leclerc's pace. Yeah. It's just uncatchable. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there, it was pretty close in qualifying, I think. You know, we had Alonso was looking like he was on for a very good qualifying time until he put it in the wall. As they say. As they say. And again, <laughs> glad that he's all right. Yeah. I feel like that should just be a disclaimer at the start of the episode. We will be talking about crashes. We are glad that they are all okay. We do not wish harm befall anyone. No. No. This is actually very interesting during the race where I felt like I couldn't actually express any happiness towards a crash. Yeah. Like there were other viewers and fans that were like happy that one team got out or whatever, particularly Mm. when Verstappen powered down. Um, I just couldn't do that in person. I felt like they'd hear me. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't, I, I just wanted to be like, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan, but otherwise, yeah. glad you're all right. Happy to do that in the comfort of my home. Like, Where they I, can't hear me. Yeah. And it, again, it depends on the crash, I think. Because like you said, when Verstappen just pulled his car off, if I'd been watching that at home, I would have been like, yeah. Yeah. When I watched Monza last year and him and Lewis collided, that was very much not a yeah moment. That was a holy shit. Yeah. Is everyone okay? Yeah. Um, you know, same as with, you know, Mick's crash in the in last race. Saudi Arabia yeah. or Lando's crash in Spa. Mm. Uh, there are ones where it's like genuinely quite frightening and yeah. you're just worried about whether they're going to get out of it okay. Yeah. And then there are others like that where it's like, you know, they're fine. Yeah. In the comfort of your own home, you'd be like, heck yeah. Yeah. But when he powered down right next to our grandstand (laughs) 
and I feel like I could have, I don't know, thrown him my number or something. Yeah, I could. Not that I would do that, just to be clear. We could have sent him a paper airplane. We could have. Uh, if only we'd have had one on hand. Um, but yes, when he was, particularly when he was that close, it just felt a bit, ugh. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to celebrate I this. When he got out of the car, yeah, because it was like, it's a good, he's yeah, okay. he's okay. But also, I was kind of clapping because I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, Ferrari, yeah, Forza, Forza Ferrari, uh, yes. So that was that was an interesting thing to happen. Uh, but he he did quite well at qual- in qualifying. So did Sergio. He was looking very good. And do you remember that point where they were separated by a thousandth of a second? And how then, crazy is this sport that that like a thousandth of a second can separate people? And then after that, there was also where Verstappen, or I think it might have been Checo, was a thousandth off of Leclerc. Yeah. So not only were Checo and Verstappen a thousandth off each other, then Checo was a thousandth off of. Leclerc, it yeah. was insane. It's just it's... the tiniest margins. It's unbelievable. In any other sport, I understand in like track and field and swimming, it does go down to that. But it's so close. It's so close. <laughs> and just the amount of performance that they can get out of a car, how they just wrangle like a tenth or a hundredth or a thousandth of a second from different parts of the car and put it all together to make something like that. Mm. It's just remarkable. I'm just so in awe of all the people that work in this sport. And I love it so much. Yeah. Would you like to talk about the race? So if I may just skip forward slash backwards to yesterday when we rewatched the race broadcast. Yeah. Because when you're on at the track, you do miss some things, obviously. Yeah. My favorite part of watching the broadcast back was Martin Brundle's <laughs> grid walk with his interviews ahead of the race and now I don't think we've ever really watched these before because I think we usually just turn on for the race itself and maybe sometimes watch some of the stuff afterwards yeah but we don't tend to jump on a long way in advance of the race because usually we're you know having some drinks or something like that or we're watching it back and we just want to get straight to the race yeah because Australia and time zones uh but this was a real joy to watch. <laughs> just seeing him weave through the crowd and the poor cameraman just try to follow him and the chaos that ensued and how he would just walk up to people and be like, who are you and why are you here? <laughs> yeah. If Martin Brundle said that to me, I think I would actually melt. I feel like I would lose all confidence in myself whatsoever and I'd be like, I don't know who I am and I don't know why I deserve to be here. <laughs> I have I... no answer for you, Martin. <laughs> and who are you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> Anyway, I just, I really enjoyed that. And I very much missed hearing Crofty's weirdness during the race, like the Russell Muscle comment that he made. We had some commentary <laughs> at the race. Yeah. And it was commentary. It certainly it... was a person talking into a microphone. And then sometimes not, sometimes they would just, I don't know whether they'd forget to talk into the microphone. It just or... wasn't the Sky Sports standard. It wasn't. And that's not the commentary that we got. We got some other commentary from other people. With made up words. It was interesting because I sort of had it in my head that the commentary would be getting live at the track would also be Sky Sports. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that. First Grand Prix. Mm. I'm a rookie. But yeah, it was certainly commentary and there would just be gaps with no words and they just were missing things happening in the back and yeah. the midfield. Um, so it was nice to rewatch it on Sky Sports and... And to get lights out and away we go. Lights I out really and away missed we go. that. It was just, yeah, 
without the sound of the lights going off. Yeah. And then Crofty saying that. It just, yeah. it felt like we missed the, the grandeur of the start a little bit. Yeah. But it was very intense at the start. Because we were sitting right out of the pit straight yeah, main straight we were sitting on the inside of turn one so yeah. it was a very good spot to, what did we see we saw verstappen going off obviously mm. we saw sort of i would say leclerc defending we saw leclerc defending verstappen on the restart we saw danny rick coming out of the pits where albon came right up to the back of him and wasn't uh, it Stroll, stroll as well i think yeah and there were like three abreast yeah. at one point going out of turn two it was very intense mm. so it was a good spot to be regardless mm-hmm. great race great start from leclerc great start from lewis as well yes he jumped up a bunch start. of places yeah um not a great start for signs no and that then was... <laughs> the rest of the race which was what another two laps were also not great for him no watching that back mm. I mean, they showed the they showed it happening, and then they showed the replay on the screen, and you could just hear everyone in the grandstand going, <gasps> "Yeah, you know." And that's one of the things that was really exciting about being there in person. Yeah, is you would just get the reaction from like hundreds of thousands of people all at once. Yeah, when when cars would get very close, yeah, everyone's just, Ooh! yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one thing that just absolutely astounded me with signs, I won't say crashing out because he didn't actually like crash out, but he did, you know. The car spun and then remained firmly planted in the gravel. <laughs> uh, but I just thought it was so impressive that Joe managed to react very quickly. And I know, I know they train their reflexes and reactions to be able to do stuff like that because it is such a fast-paced sport. Mm-hmm. High-octane, you might call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought that, that could have been so much worse. You know, He could have completely collected him coming through that turn and it was just very well done by him that he managed to avoid doing so. Excellent driving from Joe. Excellent driving. And porpoising. I think I should give another definition of porpoising because I don't think I explained it very well when we talked about it during our predictions episode. Porpoising to electric boogaloo. <laughs> go, Here Jamie. We go. So the definition that I have. <clears throat> so picture, if you will, a Formula One car. I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, we've fallen at the first hurdle. First hurdle there. Okay, no, I've got it now. I just what, needed a What colour is your Formula One car, just so we can... Papaya. Ah, uh, she went to McLaren. Mine is red. Would you be surprised here? Anyway, driving around a circuit, the downforce increases mm-hmm. and it pushes the car into the track, as we know. Mm-hmm. But then as the downforce pushes the car into the track, it also increases the pressure difference between the underside of the car, so under the floor and above and then it stalls because there's so much pressure on either side of the car and then the load releases and so the car the front of the car bounces up and then the downforce increases and pushes it back into the track again and that's where you get that bouncing effect because it's the downforce working and then the car rising up and then it pushing it back pushing it back down into the track again well done. Thank you. It's almost like you've done physics. Yeah. (laughs) Heavens. I think that that might be correct. It sounds correct. If you have any notes for me, please email me at howdogetagrip at gmail.com. Could I give a definition of porpoising? Yeah, you, yeah. What's your definition? So picture, if you will, a Formula One car. <laughs> <laughs> Can you picture um, yeah, it? Yeah, I'm picturing it. What color is yours? Purple. That's never been done before. <laughs> okay. Yep, I'm just doing now, my own thing. Now I've picture- got my own team now. It's called Howl Racing, and it's purple, and it's got a wolf on the side. 
and we are sponsored by Fever Tree Tonic. <laughs> and that is it. We we need to do a whole episode about this. We will. Pause your livery, because I love it. Okay. However, now you've got your Formula One car, I've and picture, it. if you will, a dolphin but smaller. <laughs> so is my car the porpoise? No, no, no. Or is there a porpoise next to my car? There's a porpoise And next is my to car aquatic? You are underwater. Okay. You are driving on the seafloor, and the porpoise <laughs> is next to you. Okay. The porpoise, small dolphin, yep. is swimming alongside you yep. the way you would imagine a dolphin to. They move okay. in the same way, where they go, like, up and down. Yep. And that's what a car porpoising is. Hmm. Which version do you think is correct? <laughs> this has been two truths and a lie. <laughs> we'll let the audience decide, I suppose. This has been our segment. Candace doesn't understand science. <laughs> or poor pie. Mm. So, porpoising. porpoising. That, that, was, that was a big thing this last weekend, wasn't it? They actually took out the fourth DRS zone because of that porpoising. Yeah, but it was it was interesting when they did decide to take out that fourth DRS zone. And I, I think um, a lot of the teams were not happy with the way that was handled because some of them were only told 20 minutes before they went into FP3. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it was oh. um, it was very last minute. And obviously that can change the setup of a car That can a change lot. the strategy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's, a, that's quite a lot of changes to make um, with very short notice before a session. Um, I saw it a lot in Sainz's Ferrari during the free practice sessions, but also in Leclerc's Ferrari after the first restart uh, coming down the, the straight. I thought that that was um, – it looked really severe. You and he see actually, it in the helmet. Yeah, yeah. But they had a shot. It was, it was one of the shots where the car's coming towards the camera, and you could just see how severe it was and how much it was. the car was bouncing. Now, Leclerc has actually said that – it doesn't seem to affect him that much. He's not okay. as bothered by it by, as I think other drivers might be. Um, but obviously still not great. Do you think, Jamie, mm. it's because he grew up in Monaco and was on a lot of boats and yachts and he's really <laughs> used to the bobbing? Whereas Hamilton grew up in Great Britain. Yeah. Very landlocked. Uh-huh. Well... Go with it. Okay. And <laughs> a very landlocked country, you might say. Yeah, incredibly. Mm, uh-huh. um, not many yachts. No. N- not as accustomed to the porpoising. I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> okay. We need to source more drivers mm. from countries where they have a lot of boats. Yep. Tinnies, dinghies. Australia. I'm thinking Australia. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the race. The race. Verstappen. Verstappen did not finish the race. Yes. And as we said, we saw him from our grandstand pull the car off to the side mm-hmm. and promptly exit the car and flag down some marshals and spray some stuff on the car. Who very aptly used a fire extinguisher yes. to extinguish well aforementioned done to fire. all involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a fuel system issue. We found, we've heard that much. Do they haven't we given believe us, that? They haven't given us a whole lot of detail, but um, mm. it has been theorized that it is a fuel leak. It was a fuel leak. so The same as Bahrain. Right. So the problem in Bahrain was, this was for both Verstappen and Perez, a vacuum in the fuel system meant that not enough petrol was getting through to the engine. Yes. So slightly different. Okay. It sounds. 
but yes, that'll be an interesting thing to watch and see what happens. And another interesting thing that Christian Horner said this weekend mm-hmm. was that he would rather fix a fast car than try to make a reliable and slow one fast, which I think really just sums up Red Bull's motto, vibe. And I believe George Russell clapped back. He did. It was such a war of words. George Russell stepped in Uh and he said, it doesn't matter how fast your car is if you don't make it until the end, which I fully agree with. And then Benotto, my lovely Benotto. He chimed in. He chimed in. Oh, what did he say? He said, to finish first, first you need to finish. And I fully agree with that as well. To finish first, first you need fettuccine, Mm. says Benotto. (laughs) But I just thought it was a really interesting insight into how the different teams tackle their problems, right? It really does expose the thought processes of those teams. Because Mm -hmm. if Horner's thinking... Now, here I go again, talking about grit. If you refer to our first episode, Mm. I read a book about grit. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our website and maybe others that I can't recall because Candy's looking at me like I should recall where they are. Acast. Acast. Grit. Grit. Mm. Okay. So grit, to quote Angela Duckworth, Mm -hmm. is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals, having stamina and sticking with your future day in, day out, not just for the day, blah, 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 blah. And she says that consistency of effort over the long run is everything. So... What it seems Red Bull is doing is they don't care about their consistency. They don't care about how reliable, as they've said, their car is. They just want it to be the fastest. Mm. They're not thinking for the long run. They're not not thinking with proper sports psychology. (laughs) If I were one of their drivers, if I were a driver who was in Red Bull or was considering going into Red Bull or I was someone like Gasly who's trying to get back into Red Bull after being at AlphaTauri, I would be quite concerned because I wouldn't want to be in a team that is hoping to go sort of fast and furious and then just deals with DNFs when they come along. In the last three races, they've had three DNFs between the two drivers. Mm. Yeah, Verstappen has only finished one one race race so far this season. And I would just find that deeply concerning if I were one of them. Like if we're literally looking at the drivers' championship – George Russell is P2. This was the first time he was on the podium just because he's been getting his car consistently into the top five or even like the top 10, just into the points. And he's P2. Like it's just, it's, it's such an obvious example of how consistency, even if it's slow progress, is a better way to go than being number one and then not finishing a race and then being number two and then not finishing a race. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me that that would be their philosophy. I think that's just really short-sighted, as you said. And also, I don't know, just naive. It simply doesn't make sense. If you're looking at how you're going to score points and win this at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense to crash out half the time. And we could all be eating our words later on. They make a fast, reliable car. Sure. Like they did it last year. Yeah. But But then again, that would be fast and reliable at the moment. They're saying they would rather have fast over over reliable reliability. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Bonato said it best. We're not going to, and they have made a fast and reliable car. So it turns out you can have it all. If your name is Binotto or Leclerc or signs. Hey, it is 
supremely impressive how far ahead Ferrari is in the constructors. And people online have been saying that Ferrari would be leading in the constructors on Charles points alone. Hmm. So just amazing and a very good drive from him. And well he done, did Charles. well done, Charles. Well done, Ferrari. And he also did an incredible job of fending off Verstappen hmm. at the third restart. No, second restart. Because uh, Verstappen looked like he was going to have a proper go, and he did. But Charles got his elbows out mm-hmm. at turn one and managed to keep him at bay, which I thought was very impressive. Once again, a very mature drive from him. He is really maturing as a driver Mm. and into his facial hair. Mm. I'm going to just let that go through to the keeper. How great is this new or perhaps reminder to Verstappen that he is not to bother (laughs) the leading car? Would you like me to read the rule? Please. Yeah. I think, no, actually, could I interpret it first? Yeah, go on. So Verstappen is not allowed to give grievance to... (laughs) impede uh-huh. or hinder mm. the first car <laughs> or whoever is in front of him. Do you think that they literally put in the rules, Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen is not it, allowed to do these things. Max Verstappen is not allowed to. I'm trying to think of the word in English because in Filipino we call it pasoai. He's just mm. being annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really, I think annoying. Yeah. You're not to be, Max Verstappen is not allowed to annoy the car in front of him <laughs> under a safety car yep. and right before a safety car restart. Would you like me to now read the actual wording? <clears throat> it's not going to be as good as mine. So, no, it won't. You're right. It's not. Uh, so this has been colloquially referred to as the Verstappen rule. <laughs> and this is not the first Verstappen rule that Formula One and the FIA have had to institute. <laughs> Anyway, we'll come back to that. Mm. The wording is, and this is not the entire quote, may I just say. I'm, I'm just grabbing a section of it. Oh, very, very correct of you. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> Lloyd. Uh, From the point at which the lights on the car are turned out, drivers must proceed at a pace which involves no erratic acceleration or braking, nor any maneuver which is likely to endanger other drivers or impede the restart. <clears throat> Max Verstappen. Um, you can actually hear it when you. Yeah, you can. If you read between the lines, if you just interpret that in like a law sense, yeah, you can just read into it, and you can see Max Verstappen written in between the lines. Yeah, there. actually, if uh, you take every second letter of mm-hmm. each word and you circle it, and it, it spells, spells out Max Verstappen. Verstappen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now his race engineer did actually jump on the radio with him at I can't remember which safety car. It was. Just might have been the second one. Gentle and, reminder. Yeah, and he said, just make sure that you don't move past Leclerc's rear wing. Yeah. Um, because, he, you know, he does that thing where he tries to, I think, put pressure on the driver at the front Yeah. Uh, by pulling up alongside them and trying to anticipate the restart. And they are trying to make sure that he doesn't do that. Now, another rule that they have instituted because of Verstappen, and I'm not <laughs> sure there are others, uh, was raising the F1 age limit to 18. But it just got me thinking, right, when I was going down this little rabbit hole of Verstappen-related rules, Mm. is if you were a Formula One driver, what rule would they institute because of you? Now, I think for me, it would be a, you have to keep both hands on the steering wheel (laughs) 
<laughs> at all times unless you're like taking off one of the uh, the visor covers mm-hmm. um, because I think that I would be tempted to wave <laughs> to people as I I'd be like oh hi mom <laughs> Oh, um, look, it's my face. It's really yeah. big. Hey, nice. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Like Danny Rick was doing the driver's parade, yeah. but actually during the race. Yeah. So I think they'd have to have like a drivers must always keep two hands on the steering wheel. Don't know why this has to be a rule, but Jamie, you don't seem to be learning. So. <laughs> anyway, that is mine. What do you think yours would be, Candice? Oh, goodness gracious. I think mine would be along the lines of the jewelry mm. rule in which the... My suit, my flame retardant suit, is not allowed to be bedazzled. Ah! <laughs> I would like it to be sparkly. Fair enough. Um, perhaps that's just the bodybuilder in me. I'd and say I, it is. I want my, my suit to be sparkly yeah. at all times. Blind the other drivers on yes, the grid. The, yeah. Candice, uh, you're not allowed to have jewelry on top of the gloves. You can't wear a mirror. No. <laughs> you are not allowed to do that. You can't make your chassis... A disco ball. It's simply not allowed. <laughs> that would be cool. Can you imagine? Yeah, and I'm if doing... they could play music out of their cars. I mean, I know they're concentrating. But imagine. wouldn't that be cool if you could just, like, really get in the zone and listen to some, I don't know, I don't know why the first thing that came into my mind was One Direction when I said that. Probably because we're just a Melbourne. I think it's the 14-year-old in me. Yeah. Uh, she's emerging. <laughs> she's coming back. Oh, God. With a vengeance. Push her back down. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that would be that would be fun. Mm. I think that would be a fair rule to put in place. If I may, Jamie, mm. I think the rule that they would actually instill for you. Yep. Um, some would call it a restraining order. Oh dear! <laughs> they wouldn't let me near Benotto. Yeah, you're not allowed to drive into the Ferrari garage <laughs> when you're not with Ferrari. Whoops. Oh my god, this is me. That's so weird. I'm lost. <laughs> uh just going back to how the teens did in the race. Sure. Great outcome for McLaren. Fantastic outcome First even. First double points finish in the at whole home? year at home for Danny Rick. Can which... we can we just mm. mention yes. how insane the crowd was oh my for goodness. McLaren as a whole, but Daniel Ricardo. It was insane the amount of merchandise uh. just for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen it before in any country. Yeah, I mean, I do always notice the McLaren merchandise in when they show the crowd at the other races because the orange stands out, the yeah. papaya stands out. It's very noticeable. Eye-catching. I would say even more so than the red of the Ferrari. Like yeah. there's something very striking about the papaya. So when you looked around the crowd at Albert Park, it really did look like a sea of McLaren, but it also literally was a sea of McLaren. It was. I would say... 75% at least yep. of all the people there were wearing McLaren merchandise and they must have just raked it in I tell you what because that was just so much merch and you know you look around and it's not even just the caps it's the jumpers and all sorts of things that would the cost shirts. in excess of $200 yeah uh and then yeah there were a lot of people wearing Daniel Ricardo's merch including myself and as was I yes indeed yep. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was very clear that people were there for him. I mean, people were also, there was a very strong Ferrari contingent there because a lot of Ferrari fans is, there's a, a very large Italian population in Melbourne as well. Yeah. So naturally that's going to be a very popular team. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was just insane to see the support for McLaren. And I mean, when he came out on track during the first practice session and then again in qualifying and again in the race, 
you know, it, it was a standing ovation. Like it was yeah. absolutely deafening to hear. Yeah. As, and it was wonderful. You know, can you, you imagine that many people being there for you? Mm. 420,000 people to think that that many people have turned out for the sport as well. But, you know, they're, they're carrying your merch, they're holding up your face, they've got you on their shirts. The Grand Prix and... literally had a sign that said, Go Ricardo. I know it was yeah. sponsored by Heineken, yeah. but it was just for him. Yeah. Imagine being the other driver yeah. driving past that. There's yeah. all the support for Ricardo. I think it would have been nice for them too. I think they were all pretty happy to return to Melbourne. And oh, the reception all, for everyone time. was very welcoming. Yeah. But yes, it was really clear that there were a lot of people that were there for Daniel Ricardo. And why wouldn't you? He's a great guy. He's a great ambassador for the sport and for our country. Yeah. And I think, I dare say, our coat of arms, mm. we've currently got a kangaroo and an emu. Mm. Get rid of the emu, put Daniel Ricardo on there. Do we keep the kangaroo or do we keep put... the kangaroo? Obviously. I think we put Oscar Piastri as the kangaroo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that could alienate people that aren't a fan of Formula One. That's what I was thinking. Balance it out. You've got your fauna. Ash Barty can be the kangaroo then. Beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. Just one of the Hemsworth brothers is in the middle. <laughs> in the back. Just their face. Like Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> Poor Luke. Poor Luke. He's had, he's had it so tough. I think that we should put Luke on the passport. He deserves it. He's, had a, a, he's a great guy. actor. And I, yeah. I think he's been overlooked in his life. It's hard to be Kristen Liam's brother. Luke, if you're listening, we're huge just fans. know that we love you. You were great in Westworld. Send us an email. Send us email. A <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just speaking of VIPs, there was an article that came out more recently uh, than when the race was actually happening of a group of VIP people. Very important people people this is your whole rat test thing yeah. working against you it is ugh, that is one of my pet peeves is when people you say just rat did test it. yeah i know people. well I've, at least i'm self-aware and i've corrected it now Have there was you- a group of vips who decided to exit via the pit lane just before the end of the race because they obviously wanted to beat the crowds or i don't know get near the podium for the celebrations oh. they must have assumed that no one was going to pit guess who goes into pit on the penultimate <gasps> lap Albon and so they're walking down the pit lane just this bunch of random VIPs as he was coming into pit which is so dangerous that's so bad they got a marshal just hurried them off but I don't understand in what world you would think that that's a thing that's okay to do I understand that you think the race is nearly over why would people pit but people do pit in the last lap yeah. to go for he, fastest lap points. He hadn't pitted. He had no. to pit. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Yeah, oh, so that could goodness. have been a huge disaster. And, like, what if it had impeded him or what if someone had been hurt? You know, so I just – I honestly, I can't even believe that people were allowed to walk down the pit lane during the race anyway. Yeah, yikes. But um, that I'm might glad be they're something. Okay. I'm glad they're okay. I'm glad it didn't affect Albon or what his a silly race decision. Yeah, but I wonder whether that's something that will be reassessed in future because mm. that is not great. Yikes! Yeah, you might say I wouldn't recommend it. Speaking of Albon, Albon, what a strategy! What a strategy. He was my second, and I know that we, <laughs> after the race, I said to you. Mm. I don't know whether we all should have voted for Ricardo as driver of the day and you looked at me with 
fury in your eyes and you were like, you didn't vote for Ricardo as driver of the day. It's his no, home race. I know that, but... It goes without saying, I don't you think know, everyone do. votes for Leclerc in Monaco as I driver I vote for Daniel Ricardo for driver of the day in every race, regardless of if he's finished or not. Really? <laughs> I vote for him every single race. Oh my God, you are so biased. No, I'm very much about the the actual driver of the day who's performed best. So I did vote for Charles Leclerc because he did great. But the other person that I was thinking of voting for was Albon. Yeah. Because he did a remarkable job in a Williams. Points in a Williams in his third race. Yeah. And he was George three years. Yeah. And he was running in, you know, P seven for a good long while and started P 20. Yeah. Just an, an incredible run for him. He Mm. was doing very well. Congratulations to him and the Williams team. Thank you for representing Southeast Asia, Alex. We're very thankful for you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we get some Filipino representation in the sport. That would be be amazing. We've got some Filipino representation in Formula W. Excellent. She's great. Bianca. She's doing very well. Excellent. Um, So, Candice. That's my name. That is your name. So, track obviously at Albert Park circuit obviously changed. A quite, few changes. Quite drastically for the race this year. And thank and f- heavens it did. And thank heavens it did. And from what I've heard from people who have seen quite a few Grand Prix uh, in Melbourne, mm. maybe not necessarily actually at the event, but, you know, on TV, mm. uh, they have all taken the changes quite well. Yes. Have said that it's really improved racing because they said, you know, it's been quite processional in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the way that they removed the chicane at turns nine and 10, they've extended the straight and, you know, they've widened quite a few of the turns, including turn one where we were to create better overtaking opportunities. I think that that has, that really worked out. I think, yeah, it was quite an interesting race to watch. I, Mm. I wouldn't say it's to the level of Monza or Sochi of last year. Where it was really... Oh, right. I thought you were being ironic with Sochi there for a second. No, genuinely, it was so... Like... Yeah, no, I know last year's was interesting, but I think traditionally Sochi is also not a very exciting race. No, but yeah. I'm just talking about last year. Mm. It's not at that level of exciting where like... Or Baku. Or Baku. It's not that level of exciting. Mm. Those are some pretty great races. And yeah. This was a good race to watch. I'm mm. glad we saw it live. There mm-hmm. was some interesting DNFs. Yep. Some interesting battles. Yep. Great strategies that were pulled. Um, but it certainly wasn't processional. No. It wasn't Saudi Arabia, which I found to be quite processional. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm also really glad that they widened the pit lane and also managed to increase the speed limit in there from 60 to 80 kilometers an hour because yeah. I think that opens up a lot of strategies and opportunities for the teams. Yeah. Yeah, and then the track being resurfaced, that seems like it did quite well. And I thought it was quite a nice gesture that they gave all of the drivers a little piece of the old circuit. Did you see this when they all left? They all got no. a little a little slab of the old circuit, which would be cool because it was around yeah. for a long time. So yeah. You know, would have seen a lot of racing, a lot of history. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was quite a nice touch and just enjoyable to watch, really. So I commend the AGPC for the changes that they made on that front. Yeah. And uh, I commend them for how well run their event was. Yes. Attending the event, I was nervous mm. because not only did we just come out of a pandemic or on the tail end of a pandemic, knock on wood, <laughs> um... And I've not been around that many people in three years. 
more than that probably yeah. I don't think I can't think of a time when I've been at an event that big in my life yeah I can't I genuinely can't think of any but yeah. it's been a long time since I've been around that many people in that close proximity I was nervous it was going to be hell on a hat stand yeah which I is not the same but really well done it was well done very well done it even would the, not be easy yeah no it certainly wouldn't and I mean even the track invasion at the end you see something like that and looking at the photos of just hundreds of thousands of people crammed into a circuit yeah it could be a recipe for disaster it really could yeah. and uh it was all pretty well handled I yeah. thought one other thing yes I was gonna say was just the ambiance the Australian <laughs> culture if you will mm. It, everyone was having a good time. Some people were being, being foolish yes. in the most merry of ways. I it, enjoyed it. It's the classic Australian larrikinism. Yes. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it a word. Yeah. And I think that a good example of it was when they got Ted Kravitz to do, to a, do shoey a shoey from a stranger's shoe. I mean... Hats off to him. I would not do that if I, I were him. I do a shoey for my own shoe. I have done a shoey for I my own shoe. Maybe do a shoey from one of the driver's shoes because you know that they'd be apart from all the sweat and the grossness. Yeah. You know that they probably get new shoes for each race. You yeah. Know? Like there's a kind of cleanliness apart from the sweat. Yeah. But a, sh- a stranger's shoe, like they may not be wearing socks with their shoes. Don't they might just be putting their manky foot directly into that shoe. And awful. you're drinking like their flaked off bits of skin. Stop! This is so, <laughs> so what I, I guess what I'm saying is well done, Ted Kravitz. And I hope, <laughs> and I hope that you've had a health check since then. <laughs> I hope you've had a general blood count. Yeah. Um, I would like to ask you, and I've asked you this before, in a in a classic turn of phrase. Oh no. <laughs> in a in an idiom, in a matter of words, how would you describe the race? Hmm. hmm. How the turntables have turned. 